Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Lower League Looks League One podcast with myself, Seb Jones, as usual, in the Monday slot, the, uh, the review show from the uh, weekend fixtures. I'm not joined by Jamie this time, instead I'm joined by uh, Thursday regular Sam. Sam, how are you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Uh, nice to uh, do podcasts together, you know, the, the two S's back in, uh, back in yeah. force. Yeah, one, one end of the country to the other near enough as well, isn't it? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, Jamie, he's, he's not very well. So, uh, I'll be feeling a bit, bit, bit better soon, Jamie. Um, we're covering all the, the latest fixtures uh, from uh, the past League One uh, weekend. Lots of action, both at the top and the bottom. We're going to cover it all, sort of chat about uh, some of the fixtures, how uh, some results might have impact, uh, impacted some of the results on the, uh, the league tables as well. Uh, we'll start towards the top, Sam, and... Uh, Peterborough, and it's just not clicking for them at the moment, is it? No, it's a no win, no win in five, and now only three points clear of a seventh place Stevenage. So it's all a bit because we all tipped them. What was it four or five weeks ago before they went on this dodgy run to be in the top two? And everyone's like, no, this they are set for being top two. They score goals, they don't concede too many. Um, but the goals. <laughs> haven't really dried up because they're still scoring regularly like they scored two last week but conceded five they conceded um three i think it was this week they're consistently conceding goals and conveniently they had their obviously their game last tuesday postponed which i still believe is was on purpose you don't just see the weather and go oh the pitch might get watered off with all this rain we're going to take the covers off the pitch because they didn't have a right back um and then obviously they signed that right back last week. And then I think it was Katongo come back into the team this weekend and they still got smacked. So they're now looking over their shoulders. Um, I think part of it is down. They haven't had Poku. Um, and Mason Clark obviously hasn't been 
if we look at his stats, hasn't been the same player in terms of take on successful dribbles. Um, he doesn't seem the same type of player now he's got his move to Coventry and just gone back. He seems like a player that doesn't want to get injured because obviously Coventry, as we know, are in quite a decent position. If they went up, he's a pre- he's a Premier League player. And he, if he goes to Portsmouth, uh, not Portsmouth, Peterborough and breaks his leg, for example, he's then out for a prolonged period of time. And that chance of playing at a higher level is taken from him. It is interesting that, that you mentioned that. And, uh, well, just, I, I guess, seeing as you brought it up, what is your sort of opinion on uh, clubs buying players but then loading them back for, for the rest of the season, as, as we've seen with, with Mason Clark and, and uh, Coventry? Um, I'm not against it. I think it's really good. We all know Peterborough always seem to do really good business with getting players out and getting new players in. Um, and they probably took, let's say, a three £400,000 hit for having him back for the season. Um, but he hasn't been the same type of player, whether that's because Poku is not on the other side of the pitch, taking defenders away and attracting some attention as well. Obviously, um, I still feel Johnson Clark Harris has something to offer. I know he's not the same type of player as he was last year, but I think he's one of them strikers that needs that run of four, five games and he will score, has proven 20, 25 goals a season. And I think that just, lack of physical edge and experience is now lacking in this posh team. As we saw in in the playoffs last year, a young team under pressure. And the the pressure is all on Peterborough to do well this year. And they're crumbling again. And we've we've seen that recently in terms of the drop down. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, as you mentioned, there were sort of in the top two, you know, just a couple of points away from uh, Portsmouth, who have sort of uh, seem to be storming the, the league. They were only a couple of points behind mm-hmm. them just a few weeks ago. Currently sitting in fifth place. Um, come, well, they lost against Blackpool at the weekend. What has gone wrong? Can you put a, a point on it? You know, it, it's been one thing. Has it been a multiple combinations? I know you mentioned injury there mm-hmm. um, to, 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 to the right back that obviously the game didn't go ahead. But, Anything else that, that perhaps could come into consideration as to why they have dipped up in, in, in these last four games? It could be fatigue. I know the teams have had lots of fixtures. Um, I'm just looking at the team sheet from the weekend. Poku actually did come back into the team, but what was subbed off quite after about 60-odd minutes. So he's obviously not played a lot of football. Um, unless they've been worked out, because he's played the same system all season. Bar that 5-2 defeat to Wickham, he played a back three or five, whatever you call it nowadays. I go with the back three personally. And then diverted back to his famous 4-2-3-1 this week. And they still lost. I just think it's a fact that they've been a little bit worked out. There's a little bit of fatigue. And because they've not got the experience on the pitch to problem solve themselves, I think that's starting to play a factor. You look at teams like Barnsley who have that experience in their team. We look at Derby. We know what a poor one Derby team does. They've got 30-year-olds absolutely everywhere, championship players, players that have won promotion to the Premier League, played in the Premier League. Um, Portsmouth have obviously had six years of turmoil every single year being nearly there. Um, but they've got experienced players in people like Marlon Pack that I just don't think... I think Peterborough lacks somebody like that, someone who's been there, done that. Um, because we look, we got Josh Knight, young. Ronnie Edwards, young. Harrison Burrows, young. Kept Kipriano, young. Archie Collins, young, Kwame Poku, young. The list goes on and on and on. And I just think they're lacking that 32-year-old brute to the, cut the dressing room down. The irony is that they have got that sort of player there. 
you just mentioned him just moments ago that they're Harry. just not using him, are they? Yeah, he doesn't want to be there, though, I don't think. I don't think he's got that. That's trust true. In... That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think when he, when he obviously doesn't want to be there and he sees that his career is away from Peterborough, he's like, hmm, well, I know I'm going to get a League One move next year. I'm going to have clubs bending over backside to take me because I score goals. And he only got a minute off the bench at the weekend as well. So I think that kind of shows what Ferguson actually thinks of him. Um, I know they have this policy of if you're in the last year of contract, we'll try and actively sell you. But he, he is a striker that will, that will, in my opinion, get you promoted between now and the end of the season. Um, they've only got one player in their squad from the weekend that came on at, the, at their match day 16, who was over the age of 30, and that was Jed Steer in goal, who they in goal. Yeah. who left and then came back four days later. <laughs> that was a weird one. Um, the, the result at, at the weekend, uh, of the lost to Blackpool, do we um, sort of uh, hamper, I think that's the right word, ham, hamper Peterborough, or do we commend Blackpool for, for, for the result? I think we've got to give some credit to Blackpool because their away form has been poor this season, really poor. It was like I think it was 16th before the weekend in terms of their away form, um, but they, they absolutely battered them. They had 2.33 XG, 17 shots, eight shots on target. They didn't miss a big chance and did only have the one big chance. Um, they don't have, they didn't have much possession, but I always say possession doesn't win you football matches. It's the effectiveness of your possession. And in the second half, they had a lot more of the match momentum, as it's called, by the pressure graphs, and they they totally deserve their victory in the end. And it's a, a very important win for Blackpool because they were starting to drift away from that top six. Yeah, but before that, Blackpool had had just lost to to Cheltenham as well, and to get that result without Jordan Rhodes, who has been so pivotal for, for mm. Blackpool this season. Yeah, and his goals have somewhat dried up as well, hadn't they? So maybe taking him out of the team would take some pressure off him. Um, obviously, they've got the form of Karamenko Dembele, um, who's been one of the standout players this season. Um, they brought an experienced midfielder in George Byers, who obviously got out of the league with, I think it was Sheffield Wednesday last season. Um, you've got Albie Morgan, you've got um, Ollie Norburn, you've got experience in there. Um, I, I think I do think they are a team... and that could break into that top six still. I know their away form's poor, but they do have that individual quality that can pull you up into the top six. And there's always that one team that comes up towards around the last 10 games, sneaks in on the final day and then does really well. And they've got experience, I believe, of winning the playoffs at League One. I can't remember if they actually won the league, but I'm pretty sure they went up for yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they got a... Kenny Dougal scored at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, to, to send Blackpool up. So... And Blackpool themselves, they're only six points off the, the playoffs. And if Peterborough mm. continue on their sort of slump of form, they could be well in with a shout of, of that last playoff spot. 100%. And we've got to uh, take into mind Oxford as well, who are very up and down under Des Buckingham. Um, Oxford have quite a big game tomorrow night, um, which, funnily enough, isn't their game in hand. But it's, they would then move 34 games, which is the same as Portsmouth. So it's, it's all very jumbled up at the moment. I don't think we're going to get a clear picture until after the Easter period when everyone's actually played the same amount of games. Um, I personally think Blackpool will get top six and I I think Peterborough will get in top six. I just think they, they're just on a little bit of a wobble. But like we say, the individual form is temporary and class is permanent. Eventually, these players will find their feet again and they'll smash somebody six or seven. Um 
and I think Oxford would personally be the ones to drop out. I just think they're too up and too down, personally. Yeah, I, I to be fair, I agree with you in in Blackpool getting a playoff spot and uh, Oxford as well dro- dropping out. Uh, so Peterborough will, will stay uh, stay amongst that top six. I don't see you know as as good as they have been. Uh, if you if we look at the season as a whole, as good as Stevenage have been, I just don't think they'll they, they're going to edge it and, and and get in that top six race. Um, at the moment, we'll come on to Stevenage's result in, in in a little while. But for the 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 other playoff teams, uh, Oxford drawing away at, at Wickham is that a good point away from home, or do you think it's perhaps too dropped? I think at this point in the season, when you're hunting for playoffs, it it's a really tricky one. I think it's a point gained personally. Um, Wickham, in terms of their like expected points, in terms of xG and, and stuff like that, they are roughly top top half just about Wickham so they are massively underachieved and we look at Wickham squad they've got they have quality at league one level um and I think it was it's just a matter of time I personally think probably next season where Wickham just click into gear um I, I personally think it's a good point at this stage of the season where everyone is so inconsistent any point you're getting is a good point personally and uh Barnsley, uh, I, I, I was at Hybrid actually. In fact, Barnsley winning away at Fleetwood, who themselves if had picked up a little bit of form. Um, that sort of takes the pressure off, I think, Barnsley, with uh, you know teams around them not necessarily doing well. We, we've spoken about Peterborough sort of uh, dipping off form, Oxford as well, a little bit inconsistent. But do you see Barnsley's potentially pushing for perhaps top two? Um. <sighs> They've obviously got quality. They've Def, got Nicky Cadden. Careful what you say now, Sam. I'll, I'll be very now. careful. Um, <laughs> Barnsley, I personally think, have got a very good 13 to 14 players. What I am going to say might shock you. You are the biggest overachievers in terms of expected points this season. So you have really? got 14, okay. 14 more points than you should have based on statistics. Yeah. Wow. The second team to have more points than they should have is Bolton, who have 13. But there's just something about Barnsley that they obviously they beat us with two extremely late goals, which shows a lot of character in the dressing room. You've got experience. You've got Devante Cole, who can score goals. You've got Herbie Kane, Adam Phillips. Josh Irwai was a really good signing in a poor from a poor Fleetwood side. He was a standout player. You've got Nicky Cadden, who could find a needle in a haystack. He's brilliant. And I'd, I think you're the one... I personally feel you've got more chance of going into the top two than Bolton at this moment in time, which I wouldn't have found myself saying six or seven weeks ago. <laughs> I'm glad you are saying that though now, Sam. You know. <laughs> I, I, I agree, to be fair, with, with, with the gist of what you're saying anyway, uh, in that we, everyone knows, you know, our, our story from, from the back end of, of last season, the changes of the summer, that the players in, the players out, the, the new manager in, different style of play to what we have been playing. Yes, some some aspects have, have remained the same, but um, we are, it me to say, we are a bit more of a possession team this year, which is, is a bit annoying at times, but then that being said, we can, ca- we can counter-attack really well. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I agree. What, I think is uh, well. Two of our next three fixtures are at home, 
to Derby and Bolton. Oh. So they're going to be absolutely massive. Um, there's a, a Wickham away in, in between those two games as well. Mm. Um, but the next two home games are, are Derby at home and and, uh, and then Bolton. Um, so those two are going to be massive games. And if we get a result out of both of them, then I, I think, understandably, we, we're sort of well within our right. Not not that it works like this, but we we are well within our rights yeah, to push push for for that top two and and perhaps chase Portsmouth. But I think it it was a good win. Uh, that fleet will go. By the way, it was uh, uh, Lowell. I don't know. Have you seen it, Sam? Or I have not seen the goal. No. no. Great strike from distance, uh, just about twenty five yards uh, right for the shot. It just sort of curls right into the far top corner. <laughs> Liam Roberts. He- just had no chance. It was great finish. Wasn't he the player last week that got two yellows and one of the yellows was meant to be for somebody else because he's just come back from suspension? I think that was the player. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I yeah, Bolson, Bolson yeah. Lawal, yeah. Um, but that was a great finish, to be fair, um, in, in the first half. But we were able to come back and, and, and capitalise. So, um, yeah, I think a good win overall. We'll come to uh, chat about the, the top two a little bit later on. Uh, but just uh, finally for the the playoffs, um, in fact, yeah, we'll, we'll come back because uh, we've got well, my game of the week uh, involves Bolton, <laughs> which is which is up there. We'll we'll go from the top of of the table to uh, the bottom, and uh, in particular, Cheltenham uh, starting to pick up a little bit of form. Managed three wins uh, in a row at the weekend. Uh, what do you make of this? I tipped Cheltenham to stay up in end of October, November, and I got criticised, shall we say, which wasn't surprising at the time. Um, And I'm sticking by my prediction of Daryl Clark knows what he's doing. Their January business, I think everyone can see, was a bit weird. He brought in Joe Nottle, who had played about two minutes for Oldham, which was strange. Signed Matty Taylor from bottom of the Football League Forest Green at the time. But he knew the quality that Matty Taylor bought because he had him at previous clubs. There's just something about Cheltenham with their experience because they've got Liam Sircombe, who's about 55 now, <laughs> Liam Kinsella, Curtis Davis. They've got players that have been there and done it. And I just think in the running, when pressure's on, they've got players that could just motivate a group. They don't really have that individual quality, but they're a team that are together, a team that work hard for each other. The fans, I think, understand the situation they're in and they don't get on the team's back like some clubs do. And I just think they will get out of it. And they played quite well to score three goals as well. Under Portval, who are meant to have the new manager bounce, is mightily, mightily impressive. Um, And obviously they came from behind twice as well, which shows great character as well, not to get down massively and, and Port Vale uh, as things stand uh, are just one place uh, beneath them and, and mm-hmm. you know if you are to sort of climb out of a re- relegation zone you do need to be winning the, the sides around you um, I don't know if you covered this in, in, in Thursday's podcast but what do you make of Darren Moore going in at, at Port Vale I, it's an excellent appointment if they stay up they've got to stay up if they go down I am. I suspect there is going to be some break clause in that contract because there's no way that a manager like Darren Moore should be managing in League Two. But to sign a five and a half year deal, I just couldn't get my head around that. Make two and a half with an extension of a third, an option. 
fine. But a five and a half year deal, yes, there may be a the term is used very loosely now in football is project. Project. It's a word you hear, isn't it? Yeah. And it's <laughs> at a club like no offense to Port Vale, but a club like Port Vale, they need instant results, not a project. They need to stay up because League Two is a mightily tough league. It's a lot tougher than it was three, four years ago. So they have to stay up. And you've got to assume that he's been given some sort of assurances in terms of budgets as well, because he's not going to want to go in with the squad he's got for next season. No, uh, no. Not when you've got Loft up front who can't hit a banjo. So, yeah, it, it was a good appointment, but strange in terms of contract length. Me, me and Jamie were sat here this this time last week, sort of going through perhaps the the bookies' odds, and Darren Moore was was on there, as was uh, the former Lincoln manager. What was he called? Mark Kennedy. Mark Kennedy. So we were, you know, of, of the list of names, we were like, well, Darren Moore's not going to get it. So no. let, Mark Kennedy is probably the favourite. You know, man, managed in in the league before with with, with Lincoln fairly successful spell as, as well. And, uh, you know, when we saw Darren Moore, we're like, there's no way. There's no way. I joked saying he wasn't going to go because he wasn't, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a club in Yorkshire, so therefore couldn't manage. <laughs> and then lo and behold, here we are, about, about two days later, Darren Moore an- announces Port Vale. For me, uh, you know, not only, as you said, is, is the long contract length, five and a half years, that is just astronomical. You never see that sort of, unless you're Chelsea, you know, you yeah. never see that sort of, um, you never see that con- contracts of, of that length be, being thrown about at all. And secondly, it was only 15 days after he left Huddersfield. Mm. So, you know, I know, I know, I know managers don't like to be sat around at the drive beat in, in the game. You know, it's, it's a job to, to manage in the game, but that's such a short space of time, you know, just over two weeks to go from, you know, leaving one club towards the bottom of the championship to then joining another club towards the bottom of League One on, on that long term deal that we just discussed. I just, if it works, then fair play. But mm. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to work. But I, I, I just, I, I find it really bizarre. It just doesn't quite sit right with me. A bit like what you're saying. There's got to be some sort of clause in there because there's no way if they get relegated, there's no way down more. You know, for the manager that he is, yes, you know, his spells at, at Huddersfield um, didn't quite work out. But the, the manager that he is, the calibre of the character that, that he is, he's not going to be wanted to manage in League Two. No. I don't think he really wants to be managing League One. No, I think... clearly the opportunity was, was there and, and he's taken it just after, just over two weeks after leaving Huddersfield. That, that, I, I, was, I was shocked about that, really. Yeah, no, if you look at Port Vale's four of their next five, three of them have got, got to get results. They've got Reading away tomorrow night. So that, to me, is a must-not-lose. You're away from home against a team that are pretty informed, to be honest. I think they've lost two games since like November Reading. So you get a point. That's a good point. They got Lincoln at home on Saturday. That's going to be a tough game because Lincoln, as we know, are in form. Tuesday, they got Fleetwood at home. They can't lose that. That's 100% a must-win game. Then you got Derby. That's a free hit. And then they've got Shrewsbury at home. So there is two must, 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 must-win games against Fleetwood and Shrewsbury, both at home as well. The Reading game, you get a point. If you pick up seven points from the next five, I think that's a decent return. And obviously they've got... This is a question I was going to ask you. Obviously, they've got three or four games in hand, around the teams around them. Would you rather have points on the board 
or the games in hand in terms of Port Vale's position? Uh, oh, yeah, good question. Because they, they've played 30. Mm. Carlisle and Fleetwood below them have played 32 and 33. Um, there's always more pressure, isn't there, for games in hand mm. to get some sort of results and, and therefore get points. Whereas if you've got the points aboard, yes, you have got them. But again, there's the pressure of watching the, the games of, of the teams with, oh, I don't know. Um, I'd rather points on board. Yeah. I'd rather points on board. Um, I think let, let's take at the other end, Portsmouth. You know, they've, yes, teams around them have got a few games in hand, but Portsmouth have, have got the points on board. And even if the teams around them win the points, they're not going to catch them. So if there's always that sort of market that you can put down when, when you have got the points. Um, it's a bit of a, a worrying state, a sort of a nervous state to be in when you are chasing. Um, I, I remember uh, Barnsley were, were in the championship a, a few years ago and uh, we had loads of games with hand and we were towards the relegation zone and there's always that sort of fighting chance that, that you think in your mind um, you know that you can claw the, uh, the points back if you like to, to try and draw level but I'd, I would much rather have yeah the, the, the points on board uh, what, what about you what would you say No, I, I totally agree with you I think Having points on the board, especially at this point in the season, takes not the pressure off you, but your focus is on the other teams. And they go into this game thinking, oh, shit, this is one of our games in hand. We need to do something here. And then that pressure, especially in a younger sort of team, will build and build and build. And you've got now one game in hand and you haven't won either of the other two. Um, Yeah, points on the board, I think, is always added pressure to the other teams rather than yourselves. Yeah, 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 I agree. I, I tell you what, one team that haven't got many points on the board is uh, is Carlisle, <laughs> who are uh, rooted uh, tremendously to the bottom of uh, the table with just twenty points from uh, thirty-two played. They lost at the weekend four uh, nil at home to to Cambridge. Is is this them finished, Sam? I, I think they're gone. But regardless, they've got Burton, Reading, Charlton as three of their next five. But they're too far. I think they're too far adrift. They can't score goals. They concede a buttload. If you're conceding four to a Neil Harris team, you are finished. You're, you're gone, quite frankly. Neil Harris teams don't score four, let alone Cambridge United, who have only scored 30 all season. That that They're gone. And the players they signed kind of have built them for League Two because like Luke Armstrong is a very good League Two striker. Harry Lewis is a very good League Two goalkeeper. Um, I think it's Harrison nearly in the mid- midfield. He is a very good League Two midfielder. So they've prepared themselves, I think, kind of for next season to come back maybe up and give it a very good go next year. But it's a weird one because obviously it puts Paul Simpson in a very difficult place because obviously he's treated as somewhat of a club legend there, and rightly so for what he did. But he's got to be thinking, oh, I'm not here to get relegated. I'm here to try and keep us up. And Obviously, they signed players very, very quickly when the new owner came in. I just wonder how much of an impact that he had or had a say in these signings as well. Because I don't know the recruitment structure at Carlisle. I don't know if they've got a director of football. But I do. it, it gets to a point of, is his job actually now under pressure, regardless of how status he's got there? Yeah, uh, well, they've only won once uh, in 2024 as well, so... It, it's really not looking good. 13 points uh, from uh, 
the, the safety places, if you like, which uh, Charlton uh, are currently in. Um, who would be your other three to go down, assuming that, that, that Carlisle uh, can't claw it back? Who would, who would be the other three? That's a good question. So if we're going off statistics, I like a statistic, Burton are actually bottom of the league in terms of expected points. Then it's Shrewsbury. And then it's um, Carlisle in 22nd. And then it's Port Vale, Cheltenham and Wigan all on the same points. If I was to put, I'd have Carlisle to go down. I'd have Fleetwood to go down. While they've had an upturn in form, I just think that it's too little, too late for them. I'm going to say Shrewsbury still because they, they just don't score enough goals. They've had obviously a change of manager with Paul Hurst returning. They had a very, very strong result against Northampton, but the form is still dwindled and they can't uh, score. And the fourth team is a, it's a really tricky one. I'm still going to back Cheltenham to stay up. I am torn, surprisingly, between Charlton and Port Vale. Interesting. Right, yeah. And I'm going to say Port Vale just purely because Charlton have Freddie Ladapo and Alfie May up top. On on their day, you, you definitely would not see them in, in League 2 at all, would you? Yeah, no, 100%. I, I just think there'll be a game when maybe, because I know Charlton obviously got Carlisle, there'll be that sort of game where Alfie May and Ladapo will turn up and they'll go and ruin Carlisle. And that I just give them a bit of confidence, and I, I just think they'll. I still think they'll finish nineteenth or twentieth, Charlton, but I think they've just got enough individual quality to keep them up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Interesting, yeah. So you think you, you do think Cheltenham will do it, and, and I think Cheltenham will do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, in terms of Cheltenham staying up, I think the current bottom three will stay as it is. So as you said, uh, Carlisle, Fleetwood, and Port Vale uh, will will stay the same. And then, yeah, I don't. I, I, it, it'd be so weird to see Charlton come down. Mm. And get relegated, but they're they're just they've been they're a bit they've been really poor. Yeah, yeah, it's they've been just been really poor. So it's, it's almost a... it's almost what they deserve. But you you never like that. You know what I mean? Like that. I know what you they, mean. Ha, they have been really bad this season. So you know, if you are bad, then you deserve to be relegated. But to see sort of a club of that stature, and and like you mentioned, the players that they have at that club, it would just be wrong for them to, to get relegated. It's the it's the second. 
because Fleetwood and Carlisle both see the same goals. It's the second worst defence in the league. And obviously in January, we were having this conversation about do Charlton need Johnson, Clark, Harris? And I said, no, they sh- they need a defender and a midfielder. They got the defender. They got a midfielder and they're still conceding goals. I know conceding three to Bolton is an exception because Bolton on their day can ruin everyone. But nothing's really changed. Nathan Jones has gone in. He's not changed the system. They're playing exactly the same system. And I said last week on our um, preview show, I don't think Nathan Jones was the right fit personally for Charlton. No, uh, that again was, was was an interesting point. I think I want to agree with you actually with 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 Shrewsbury. Um, I'm going to be boring and and not <laughs> not, not cause any fiery debates. But I think I think Shrewsbury, although they are the, uh, a couple of uh, league places above it for now, I do think they'll they'll get end up getting dragged into it um, come the end of the season. Yeah, so Carlisle, Fleetwood. Port Vale and then Shrewsbury, the the bottom four, which uh, we've both unconsciously agreed on, which yeah. uh, which is a bit boring. But I've well. slated, I've slated Shrewsbury all season. Final game of the season, Shrewsbury have us at home. We're all going <laughs> to I'm very tempted to go <laughs> just to see either either Shrewsbury stay up by beating us or getting relegated. And I can go, yes, I've been proven correct. Yes. Well, either way, yeah, either way, it'll be, uh, be an entertaining game for you, won't it, really? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Right, we'll take a, a, a short break, but we'll be back uh, in a little moment discussing the, the top two and uh, my game of the week. Welcome back to uh, the Lower League Looks League One podcast with myself, Seb, joined this week by Sam, not the, uh, the usual uh, Jamie. Uh, but Sam, you, you've proven so far an adequate replacement, which which is great. <laughs> which is great. Uh, Sam, Sam usually heard on the uh, the preview uh, show, which is usually out. Is it Thursday or Friday? You know, out. It, we record it on a Wednesday afternoon because of time restrictions, and it goes out on a Saturday morning, to my knowledge, or late Saturday Friday morning. evening. Interesting, fair enough. So you can you can uh, catch Sam and uh, Callum uh, for the the preview podcast. Kindly stepped in uh, in. Well, in, in Jamie's absence. And we'll move on to uh, the, the top two. At, at the minute, it's uh, Portsmouth top, as it has been for, for so long uh, this season, and then Derby second. Uh, in terms of uh, the weekend results, uh, Portsmouth won at, at Reading. Derby got a late goal uh, at home to uh, to Stevenage. We'll, we'll start with Portsmouth. I think it's been well documented in the past couple of weeks that they are struggling with a couple of injuries. Um Three out for the season: Joe Morrill, uh, Terry Devlin, and Tom McIntyre, who they only just got in uh, in, in the January window. Um, but since then, the results have been pretty solid, including uh, the four-one win at the weekend to uh, Reading. Reading, to be fair, had picked up a little bit of form um, prior, prior to that game. But does this sort of show, I guess, the, the force that, that Portsmouth are in, in the league this year? I think it's a real statement of intent, isn't it? Of putting your foot down and saying, we aren't fucking this up this year near enough. Um, obviously, they had a, I think they had a really good January Portsmouth. Um, Portsmouth are renowned for sitting back and just waiting to see what happens in January. Um, this January, that they didn't do that. They Obviously, Tom McIntyre is out for the season and somehow getting sent off for that challenge still amazes me. Um, signing of Callum Lang, that... I think he just adds that little bit of quality that they didn't have off the striker. Uh, Pert Harris on loan, really good. Um, a, 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 the left back, a Glivere, whatever he's called, has come back from injury. 
Um, we've added some competition in goal with Matt Macy as well. I just and then Owen Moxon as well, obviously coming in um, replacing. Uh, I think it was Tom Lowry. They've just got a really good squad, and everyone complements each other really well. They're all good at really different things. Like Marlon Pack is a very good ball winning midfielder and breaking up play. Owen Moxon is good at that, but is better on the ball. And they're just they've got little things, and it's just a very well blended squad for Portsmouth. And this could finally be the year they go up. Have you got uh, a certain, let's say, ports of player that you think has has been a standout so far this this season? Oh, I think obviously the obvious one is Colby Bishop because strikers get you promoted. Um, but for me, it's Marlon Pack. The composure he offers on the ball, the experience, the level headedness, um, the way he calms the game down in situations where. If you've got a younger player, they think, oh, let's get the ball moving, get back playing quickly. I think somebody like a Marlon Pack, especially around the dressing room as well, especially with a young manager like Rossinho as well, I just think keeps everyone level-headed. And, yeah, I just think it was a really shrewd bit of business as well, especially at this level, because I still believe he's a championship midfielder, personally. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, um, obviously, uh, Pack is, is a captain's aside. Meanwhile, uh, Bishop... 16 goals this season in the league, two assists as well. I think when you have that sort of um, that force up top, if you like, you know, Barnes have that with with, with Devante Cole. Uh, Bolton had that with with Dion Charles up, up till his injury. When you have that force, mm. it can only set you off for good things in in the league, and that and that's proven dividends so far for, for for Portsmouth. What I would say is, I think the next uh, let's say month or so for Portsmouth will be really key. Um, they they have Charlton away uh, this this coming Saturday, albeit you know Charlton uh, as well documented have, have struggled this season, but then they play Oxford at home, Blackpool away, Burton at home, Peterborough away, and then Barnsley at home. So there's four, you know, mm. Barnsley, Peterborough, uh, Blackpool, and Oxford. Four of let's say the top eight in uh, just over a month for, for Portsmouth. So that will be a real test for uh, Pompey. And I guess that will be a true reflection as to whether that can hold out to for, for the, the top spot in the league or whether the, the crumble, if you like, to, to, to the pressure we, we spoke earlier on about, um, you know, having points on board and, and maybe crumbling. Portsmouth have those points, but with games like that, it's going to be a massive test for them. Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, that everyone's fighting for sort of different reasons. The pressure is kind of off teams like Blackpool, I personally think. I know they're a big club in League One, but they are chasing something. Um, and they're playing teams that have got a lot to play for. It's not like they're playing like a team like Northampton or a Lincoln, really. They're all playing teams that are playing for something as well. And I think that's going to be kind of big in the running. Teams, people who are playing your Wiggins, your Bristol Rovers, your Northamptons, who haven't really got a lot to play for other than league position and a contract maybe for next season. Um, I think that's going to play a big part. And they're kind of just, thing is with Portsmouth, they can go into this. I think personally think they should go into these games a lot more. The pressure's not on us. If they lose, they've still got the buffer and it's like, okay, well, pick up something next week. If they draw, it's like, well, we've not, really lost anything um i i i 
I do think Portsmouth will do it. There's they've got twelve games left. I think Bolton are bottlers personally, and quite controversially, when we get onto Bolton, I've got something to say about Ian Everett. Not long, not, not long to go for that. No, I'm looking forward to that. And Derby, I I do think Derby. I think you've got your top two set already. You've got a Paul Warren Derby who today signed Dwight Gale, who's the. They've just got so much experience in that Derby team. It could work both ways in recruitment. They've got nothing to sell on if they're not bothered by that and they just want to get up. They've got a, a core that can get them out of League One, but then I don't think he's ready for the championship. So then it's a complete overhaul. But Paul Warren knows how to get out of this league. And I, I think you've got your top two and then it's, yeah. Interesting. We'll, we'll, come, on, we'll come on to, to chat uh, uh, about Derby. Uh, they played at the weekend, played uh, Stevenage and uh, won 1-0 thanks to a, a last-minute Lewis Sibley uh, goal. Um, there has been a, a little bit of news, as you mentioned there, in terms of uh, Dwight Gale signing for uh, the Rams in uh, in the last uh, couple of hours. Um, I know they have been looking at him for a, a couple of weeks, but they are struggling with injury at the moment. James Collins out. Uh, for a couple of months. Uh, Gail signed a deal uh, until the end of the season. Uh, he's got 124 league goals in 350 uh, career games, 34 years of age. Uh, what do you make to uh, the signing of Dwight Gale to, to Derby, Sam? It, I think it's, it is quite a risky one. Um, he did, To my knowledge, I don't think he played a lot for Stoke this season. Um, so he's not going to come in completely match fit. So it's going to take him a couple of games to get going. But he can he can score goals. There's I don't think there's any doubting that. Um, he's a different type of striker to what Derby have. Obviously, Waghorn's quite physically well built. James Collins is a unit. Dwight Gale's not that kind of striker, so maybe they have to change the way they play a little bit as well, which could uh, detriment them in terms of the qualities that they have. Um, they've got some big games coming up. They've obviously got Barnsley. They've got Reading. Um, in two big games, they've got Charlton as well. So three three games, which I've all got something to play for. In um, I don't know, I, I but I, th- I think Derby just have something about them in terms of the wide areas in Mendes Lang, Barkus and Sibley, Hurahan, um, Tom uh, Max Bird. I, I just think there's quality around him just to get him five goals, and then five goals will be enough to win Derby three games to get them up. Personally, yeah, well, I, I think uh, for, for me, in, in terms of uh, Dwight Gale, you're right in that sort of he does fit in with uh, the the experience that Derby Howe have embedded throughout throughout the team. Um, I just think that that as a strength is potentially that the downfall mm. being done by sort of teams on the counter attack uh, with 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 pace. You know, um, I think because of uh, the the aging players. I never like referring to players as it as aging, but they are you know they, they do ha- have a have an experienced aging squad. Um, yes, it's good you know you know for challenging for, for promotion, but it can you know can catch up on teams really, um, especially when they play fast direct uh, oppositions. Um, but I think in terms of what Derby need. Uh, in terms of a stopgap replacement for for James Collins, I think Dwight Gale brings exactly that. Yes, his his goal scoring tally over the last few years hasn't been great, 
But as you said, you know, Derby have the quality elsewhere on the pitch, you know, uh, on the wings with Mendes Lang and Backhausen and centrally with, with Bird and, and, and Harahan. Um, so they have got that quality there that they're not necessarily over-reliant on, on Gail coming in and, and getting, say, 10 until the end of the season. He doesn't need to do that, really. You know, if he, if he gets one or two, then then great. But if he just, you know, holds the ball up, bring, brings the wide players into play, then, then that's absolutely fine and... and 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 that will work for Derby as long as it just does doesn't disrupt the system. As you mm. said, he's a slightly different player to to Colin, slightly smaller. So um, whether they have to adapt and, and perhaps change, not change, but tweak the style slightly to uh, to to adjust to to uh, to Gail in the squad, you'd imagine he'd, he'd go straight into uh, start eleven, which which coincidentally is, is against Barnsley on on Saturday. You'd imagine he would go straight in. Um, so that Derby have someone in rather than play with play with a false nine or without a natural uh, out and out mm. number nine, um, but it is an interesting one. Um, I, I know I think Derby signed to, tried to sign uh, Lee Gregory as well uh, from Sheffield Wednesday over the, the the January window. Similar sort of player too to Dwight Gale, experience not necessarily the tallest, but um, on his day knows where the back of the net is um, and and can 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 hold. Uh, the the ball really well. It will be interesting, uh, I think, to to see how how Gale fits in. I don't think he's ever played League One football before. Um, played at Peterborough, I believe. Oh, did it? Okay, fair yeah. enough. And, uh, yeah, uh, obviously uh, from his time at, at Palace and and then uh, Newcastle and, and most recently Stoke uh, as well. So um, yeah, another big name through through Derby's door. Uh, they've, they've got loads of them and and better mm. throughout throughout the sides. Uh, in terms of the the result uh, at the weekend, um, yes, they created chances, but it was it was a late goal that, that that sealed it. And when you are pushing for promotion, it's those sort of games. You know, you were on the back end of it the other week against Barnsley. Those sort of mm-hmm. games where where you score late, you just you feel like everything's going for you at, at, at this moment, and and clearly everything's going f- for Derby at the moment. Yeah, th- thank you for bringing that up again. Um... <laughs> You're welcome. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It looked the most boring game ever than that Derby Stevenage game. The ball probably spent more time in the air than it actually probably did on the floor. There was only nine shots in the entire game. The game had a total XG of 0.49. Derby had five shots. Stevenage had four. Um, I suppose you could probably say that's a typical Steve Evans, Paul Warren football match, really. <laughs> um, but we, we play a game on the uh, previous show called Steve Evans Bingo. So... Right. Um, <laughs> Well, can I guess what one of them is? Yeah. Is one of them complaining about the referee? Yes. Every single loss, bar one this season, which was against Oxford, he has complained about a match official. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, I understand he's got loads of apologies from PGMOL, but I don't care. (laughs) I really don't care. It's like, take some responsibility for your team's performance. Derby are better. On paper, they are better than your Stevenage team. Maybe give the opposition some credit once in a while instead of going, oh, the referee should have booked this player and should have given us a penalty and Piagiani was manhandled. And it's like, no, you lost the game because you didn't play well. That, that's the be all and end all. And sometimes, I know we got a new contract last week, Steve Evans. I fairly... I personally think I'm going to put this out there right now in, what are we, February of 2023, Stevenage will go down next year. I'm going to put that out there now. Right, interesting. 
Okay. And we can clip that and we'll release that at the start of the season or whenever. I firmly Why? believe... Yeah. Why do you think that? I firmly believe this is fair, similar to what happened with his Gillingham team. They were up there in his first season in League One, in and around the playoffs, and fell away towards the end of the season. They then had another summer of recruitment where they completely overhauled the squad again, and they were bottom for the second season in League One. And I'm looking at this, and the same sort of patterns are happening again. They've run out of steam. They haven't really got a plan B, in my opinion. They lose a really good player in Finley Burns, um, who goes back to Manchester City. And they've obviously got ageing, as we've said with Derby, they've got ageing players, but these are different types of ageing players. They haven't got the Hurahan effect, if that makes sense, the experience of knowing positionally where to be to pick up a ball. And I think the same thing will happen again and they will go down next season. Interesting. Big claims there. Uh, <laughs> Sam, yeah, massive claims there. Yeah, I, I can tell you, I, do, I think overall they have massively overachieved this, oh, this season. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if I'd quite tip them to go down. Maybe, maybe <laughs> definitely, definitely mid-table next year. Definitely, definitely not do as well. We like a um, controversial opinion. Certainly do, and that, that certainly is one, yeah. Um, wow, yeah, that's sort of taken me a bit by surprise. So, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the top two uh, continue their their winning streak, uh, both victorious. Uh, the third-place team, however, uh, Bolton, uh, I have... This is a new feature that I've, I've literally just made up on the spot. Uh, <laughs> I've deemed... Uh, as involved in my uh, game of uh, the weekend. Uh, Sam, you've got a couple of minutes. I'll come to you for, for your game of the weekend. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Bolton 3, Charlton 3. Uh, Charlton actually 2-1 up uh, here at half-time uh, with Small and Jones scoring, uh, cancelling out Adebayo's opener. But then uh, Bolton clawed it back uh, through Magona. Kanu scored and then Bod Varson, uh, John Danny. Daddy Bodvarsson with the winner for, for Bolton. Uh, so it means they are still third and now three points off uh, second place Derby. Uh, but they do have two games in hand on Derby and also three games in hand on Portsmouth. Uh, the eight, uh, yeah, sorry, nine points clear from Portsmouth. I, I can't add up in my head. Uh, so nine <laughs> points clear from uh, Portsmouth who, who are top, but. 3-3, three, three, I thought that was uh, pretty entertaining and, to be fair, a pretty uh, valiant display by uh, Charlton. Uh, you know, we, we spoke about them a, a little bit earlier on under Nathan Jones. Uh, it's a good, solid away point, I think, at, at Bolton, yeah. um, who we all know the quality they, they possess. I'm just wondering, um, obviously, that they're, they're without Dion Charles uh, at the moment, Um we all know how, how good he's been. Do you, do you think, Sam, that, that, that they have missed him these past couple of games? Uh, I think so. I think any team would miss a, a player of his quality. Um, I think, obviously, they've got Cameron Jerome, who somehow is still around playing football. I remember him on living Premier League years when he was at Norwich in, what was it, eight, nine years ago. And he, still, still, and he scored that absolute worldie and he's still around now. Um, you've got that... Uh, John Daddy Bodvast, and you've got obviously the recruitment of Aaron Collins. They're all different types of strikers. Um, I think Aaron Collins has had a steady start to his Bolton career. I wouldn't say he's electrified, been electrified so far. Um, 
But the thing with Bolton, you look at their squad on paper, you've got Carlos Mendez Gomez, who we know can score goals. Aaron Collins, we know his quality. Victor Adiboyajo, we know can score goals. Cameron Jerome offers experience. Calvin Ramsey can supply. Josh Cogley can supply. And we could go, I could go through their whole team. And I really think Ian Everett should be doing more than he is with this team. I know they're third in the league and they've got games in hand. But I just feel they they should be the team setting the marker at the top of the league, personally. The squad has had investment in. Obviously, they pay quite big money for Aaron Collins. And I just I personally think they're just underachieving. I, it's really weird to say that when they're third in the league. But there's just something... It's just something about them that I'm not convinced by. Yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. I, I do... Uh, in terms of, uh, we've just reeled off there. In terms of the, the caliber of player that, that they do have, I'm not quite sure to, to, to that extent. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I quite agree with you. I I agree in that the players that they have are are good, you know, um, but I, I don't I don't I wouldn't say they're they're, they're underachieving. I'd say that they're probably about right where people expect them to be. Um, maybe maybe underachieving was the incorrect word, but I just think they should have more points than it's. It's a weird one because yeah, I addressed no, it I, earlier. I, there. Yeah, I, I, think, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I get. I, I do get it. I think if we look, like I said earlier, if we look at the actual points that they should have based on stats, they should be a lot lower in the league. And I do personally think stats eventually do catch up with you. So. On paper, they've got this brilliant squad, but based on stats, which a lot of people look at now, I know Brentford use that model quite heavily. They they aren't performing to what they, the levels they should be. That, that's probably what I meant, not yeah. underachieving, no, no, but they're no, no, not performing no, yeah. to the levels they should be. There we yeah. go. That that makes sense. Yeah, you've yeah. now you've explained that to uh, to to the fullest. And uh, all the Bolton know. fans are quickly typing away <laughs> randomly while I said they were underachieving. Just, uh, yeah, just, just pressing the backspace now. You yeah, know? <laughs> deleting uh, deleting the, the the hate comments. Um, that was what I deemed, I guess, my uh, match of the week, if if we could call that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, game of the week. Let's say. Uh, what would be, uh, be be yours? Just to sort of uh, finalise uh, the last couple of minutes. What what would be your uh, match of the week and, and why Sam? It definitely wasn't our game. Let's put it that way. Um, mine would be one we've already discussed, and I'd go with Cheltenham versus Port Vale. Uh, I just think the match, in terms of what it meant to both the teams, um, was the was the biggest factor. And obviously, it was quite an entertaining game. Nobody, ex- I don't think anybody expected goals in this game, to be honest. And and it delivered um, a high pressure game for both teams. It it was kind of a we must not lose for both teams, but also a must win for both teams, weirdly. Um, and, and Cheltenham coming out on top. And it, it really piles pressure on Cheltenham, who, and everyone uses the, the phrase in football, um, teams like, uh, we're too big <laughs> to go like, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, teams like, and people saying they're too big to go down. F- football's not played by words. Football is played by six, let's say 18 people on a football pitch, who could have had a glass of shandy last night, let's be That's true, yeah. And to be fair, um, Cheltenham are, are showing what, what was sort of forced yeah, to, be, uh, to be reckoned with 
uh, and uh, Port Vale uh, first manager uh, first match I beg your pardon under new manager Darren Moore so there is hope I think for, for, for Darren Moore uh, first game in charge close game but problem fought for him which we alluded to a, a, a little bit earlier on but just sort of summarise that he does need to get points on the board and yeah. uh, and and fast um, I know we've got a couple of midweek uh, fixtures as well uh, for uh, for League One um, not a full roster uh, but I just want to get your quick opinion Sam before we uh, before we wrap up so um Three three games: Cambridge versus Bolton, Oxford versus Northampton, and then uh, Reading versus Port Vale. Uh, I think these are all sort of uh, games that that have, have been rearranged. Uh, so we will start with Cambridge Bolton. What? Who's going to win? Uh, Bol- Bolton will win. I I don't care. Cambridge scored four at the weekend. They played Carlisle United, but Bolton will win. And if they don't win, then then they can come out. If if they win like six or seven nil. And they look like they should have won six or seven. Now they can come at me saying, "Oh, based on the stats." Rah, rah, rah. But I, <laughs> I, I think Bolton will win convincingly, personally. Yeah, well, I, I agree as well. Uh, I think uh, although Cambridge won quite um, strongly out the weekend, I think Bolton will be too good for them. Uh, secondly, Oxford at home to Northampton. Uh, I've gone for a draw, a one-all draw in that one. I think Northampton don't draw many, but coming on the back of a good win and they're getting players back. And Oxford are a bit up and down and have drawn four of their last five. Yeah, I probably agree. And I'm going to go Northampton. I think. Oh, I think, like yes, I say, yes, please, good, yeah. yes, good. Oxford, Oxford, a bit incon- inconsistent uh, in the past couple of games. But so I, I go, I back the away side. Go, go Northampton, and then finally, uh, all these games are, are, are on Tuesday evening. By the way, uh, Reading and Port Vale. We going for Reading are at home. I think Reading will win two one personally. I just think Reading are quite a decent team at the moment, and being at home, I, I think they'll beat Port Vale. Yeah, I agree as well. Like I say, um, just just moments earlier, Darren Moore, uh, another big game, and he's only been in the job a matter of days, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but Reading, yeah, Reading have have picked things up a little bit, albeit. Losing to uh, to Portsmouth in, in the latest game, but they have picked things up a, a little bit, sort of pulled themselves away uh, from the, the relegation places. So, yeah, I, I'd agree as well and go uh, go Reading. Yeah, I think that's about it. I think Sam. Uh, so thanks again for for stepping in in place of uh, uh, Jamie. And uh, no problem. You'll be back uh, with uh, Callum for the, the the preview episode, looking ahead of the uh, Saturday games in League One. There's actually one Friday night game as well, but the rest are Saturday in uh, in Scarbet League One. So um, yeah, that's it from uh, the Lower League Looks League One podcast. Lots of L's in that uh, little <laughs> phrase there. Um, thank you very much. Uh, don't forget to uh, to uh, like and, and give us a, a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to uh, to thumbs up and to subscribe as well. Uh, but uh, until then, uh, we'll see you soon and uh, goodbye. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.